Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple of months, you've heard all about the Game Time app and how it can save you some serious cash on last-minute tickets to sports, concerts, all types of shows. You know about the easy two-tap selection, you know about the panoramic seat view by now, you also know that the seats, the pricing on those seats, yeah, they drop closer to kickoff, closer to first song, closer to puck drop, whatever it is that you're checking out. Well now, the Game Time is hooking you up for the holidays. $10 credit. Here's what to do. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on the My Tickets section of the app. Create an account. Then under the Billing section, redeem code THEATHLETIC. Once again, that's THEATHLETIC. All one word for $10 off your first purchase. It's free money, people. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem the code and expires at the end of the year, just hours away. That's December 31st, 2019. So make moves quick and score last-minute tickets. Game on, and uh, Happy New Year. Well, Happy Advanced New Year if you listen to Tuesday. Happy New Year if you listen to it after Tuesday. Hey, what, what's New Year's Eve? Tuesday. And there, dad joke for you guys, everybody. Uh, Chris Meany at Chris Meany. Brad Ziegler at Brad Ziegler. I'm at Only Kid. Well, you'll find more terrible but dad jokes like that and everything. But we're talking playoffs. And, hey, I didn't do the voice, so be happy about that. The playoffs, and we're also going to talk about some of our awards for 2019, because this is it, guys. It's 2020, and we're going to be talking off-season next week and changes to the show. But it's still the same show. Don't worry. Don't ever be like, oh, my God, again, you guys change it again. Just a little bit of name change, a little bit of format change as we head into the off-season with Dynasty, look-aheads, and everything like that. But as now that the season season is over, Chris... How does it feel? Is it, is it the bittersweetness of it? Are you excited about some playoffs? Or what are you? The coaching carousel has already started. How, how are you feeling? And feeling all right. You know, um, couple surprises, I guess. The the fact that the Eagles squeaked in, and the Pats lost to the Dolphins. Not so surprised <laughs> that Freddie Kitchens was fired immediately, but surprised that you know, right now talking to you guys on a Tuesday morning, that Jason Garrett still has a job. He has not been let go from the Dallas Cowboys. Well, that's Cowboys. only because they're going to let his contract run out so they don't have to fire him. That's the only reason why. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you, I'm sure yeah, that's you're probably <laughs> right, but the fact that he wasn't let go immediately and, you know, just talking to a couple of buddies of mine who are, who are Cowboys fans and we were back and forth on Sunday, you know, he's like, ah, oh, go Giants, you know, Dallas squeaks into the playoffs. I'm like, you really don't want Jason Garrett for another year, right? Like, if he wins one playoff game, they may keep him around. He's like, no, no, he's done. It's Super Bowl or bust. And then talking to him today, it's like, is he done because <laughs> again he's seeing done. some reports today <laughs> they're having like closed door meetings it's it seems like he's done he was on the field taking pictures with his family after the game throwing footballs around kind of seems like he's gone but he's still <laughs> not gone which, officially it's weird speaking of which for that so everybody knows uh matt rule declined the interview with the browns it sounds like he's only going to talk to the giants and the panthers and steve wilkes is apparently going to join Ron Rivera with the Redskins. Brad, so coaching's 2019's wins, successes, failures. Uh, how are you looking back on 2019? 
I, I, you know, I think for the most part, it's it's it went about how we thought it would, with the exception, like the the one the one team to me that surprised me when they got in the playoffs is the Titans because preseason. I did not see them going to Ryan Tannehill, you know, in week middle of week six or whatever. That was the one thing that I didn't predict that happened. But everything Hold on, else, I'm, like I'm that, jumping in. I'm okay. jumping in. I I so said that wrong. New, but yeah, go ahead. New Year, I was gonna say New Year's resolution. I got two. I'm not even gonna say, only because I got two requests for it. Now I got one in the comments of my articles and one on Twitter. You gotta say Tannehill. You can't say Tanny Hill. You gotta you gotta okay. change it. He loves, he loves the Tanny Hill. <laughs> All right, he's not the only right. one. Tannehill. So yeah, but I, I mean, I, I, I'm okay. So I, I missed some other predictions. Fine. But that was the one that like really caught me off guard because that affected everything with the Titans. Everything. I like, I didn't think, um, you know, Derrick Henry would lead the league in rushing because right. I thought Marcus Mariota was going to be his quarterback, you know, that kind of stuff. So the, the dominoes fell on that one and, and that one burned me pretty good. But other than that, I, overall, I, I, I thought it was a good season and, and, you know, it was, it was very enjoyable. I just wish, I still wish Ben Roethlisberger wouldn't have got hurt because we, we still don't know what we have in these Steelers position players and, and now we get to try to wait and see if he's a, even right. remotely yeah. close to what he was in 2020. He's not going to That's be. a good point. No, yeah, that's, that's a really good point. And, you know, the same thing is, you know, things change and as you said, dominoes affect other things and is interesting as a whole. I, I will say one thing also is neither of you guys congratulated in my top 10 performance of the fantasy pros. I just want to, you know, mention the, <laughs> I, fact. the big takeaway I didn't from see 2019. It. Congrats. Yes. I honestly haven't seen, didn't see anything that was final at the end of the season. So congrats. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so I, Chris knows this. I was the only person outside of Jason Moore to have three different positions inside the top 13 and actually the only person to have quarterbacks and running backs inside the top 10. Let's not talk about tight ends, uh, but also to couple in the fact number one in defense is for everybody that always like, how could you rank this defense here? What are you thinking? But I will give credit to Pat Mayo because Pat Mayo and I worked on defenses together throughout his entire show. So I think that the defense is being number one. I, I want to give some credit to Pat. I think he helped me get number one, and I helped him conversely as well. So I just want to throw that out there. But, yeah, tight ends was bad. But I'll bring this up, and, Brad, I'm sure you know that. I, Chris, you both you guys know this. The I tweeted this out, and somebody was like, yeah, how, what do you explain for tight ends? And I said, well, we all know this in fantasy. Tight ends are you score a touchdown, all of a sudden you're tight end one. It could be one yard, and you're, you're either in the conversation or you did hit tight end one value. It's not just that variance. The difference, and this is no joke and only because I finished, I think, like 92nd at tight ends, but the difference between 100th and 10th in tight ends is the same as 40th and 10th in wide receivers. Wow. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So, you know, just that that's how wild it is. And I think that's part of, you know, I do want to throw that in. We're going to get to tight ends. And part of, I bring that up not to be like, oh, look, I did really well anyway. But although, could you imagine if I didn't rank tight ends? But I want to say that that's good. Put a pin in it because we're going to kind of come back to that when we talk about what we're going to talk about today. Before we talk about our playoff predictions, before we talk about who's going to be the Super Bowl for us. And that's going to incorporate some of you guys out there who play in playoff formats. And I have an article for everybody also on this. If you're living in the free verse and you listen to this, there's one more day. Click on any article. And if you want to do it for the playoff one that I have out today, and I say that because I have a playoff rankings and I put my tiers out too, because as many of you know, if you dif- if you disagree with who I have winning, games played matters a hell of a lot in fantasy playoff format. So I put tiers for you guys too. So you can be like, hey, I don't think that you're right about this. And I don't think you're right about that. So I like this player in any case. 
50% off. Click on any article on The Athletic today. It's the last day. It's 2019. Last day of 2019. Click on any article. It's 50% off for a year. So go do that. I don't even care if it's my article. Just go do it if you haven't done it because it's kind of crazy. And I, well, how many times have you seen 50% off, Chris? Like twice? Yeah, not often. I mean, all year the show has been, has been 40, right? Slash, um, the throwback, but 50% off is, is top notch. And we just did a mock draft a couple weeks ago, right? About 10 days where we yeah, did the first eight or 10 rounds. Yeah. So, um, lots of goodness at the athletic That's football doesn't stop at all. No. It doesn't, and no. not anymore. No. You know, five years ago, maybe, but maybe. not anymore. Yeah. yeah. All right. So this is what we're going to jump into, everybody. Uh, MVPs, and before we talk about MVP by position, and I'll let you go first, Brad, is I made this before I even told Chris and Brad we were doing this on the show, is you can't say Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, or Michael Thomas. And as a sidebar to that, Brad and Chris, I say that but also the fact is have you ever seen – Three positions. I mean, we've had it happen at one position before, like Le'Veon Bell that one time. He was four points ahead of everybody else. Have you ever seen where we've had wide receiver included? We're talking about three points per game over the next closest guy, depending on your format. It might even be more. Christian McCaffrey, six points per game. Quarterback with Lamar Jackson at, what, five po- almost six points a game, too. We've three positions where it's been if we really had an MVP debate we're not even discussing anybody else because they're all unanimous votes yeah it's unbelievably impressive and um you know they and the biggest thing with those guys is they were so consistent there were there were very few games where they weren't a you know top 12 quarterbacker for for Jackson or or you know 24 top 24 running back for McCaffrey or top 36 receiver for Thomas <clears throat> excuse me it might have happened one or two two games for each of them and um outside of that you were getting quality performances or elite performances every single week and that's really tough to find and it was you know it was really fun to watch yeah it was amazing to watch actually yeah all three of those guys completely elite every single week um you know Jake you and I talking in the DFS like it was really hard to to say at one point in the season, eh, maybe we'll fade him. <laughs> maybe we'll fade CMC. <laughs> maybe we'll fade Michael Thomas. Maybe we won't play Lamar Jackson today. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just off the charts. I think there was maybe one bad game from CMC. I think it came earlier in the season, week two. But other than that, this guy and was one from a Lamar Jackson, which the very, you remember it was it was early enough with Lamar Jackson that people the very next week, how could you still rank him number one? Oh, you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was dominant all year. Yeah. So, and I say that also because just as a quick sidebar for your guys' opinion on formats and whether or not you like to play it. So, I'm not saying this happens every single year, but I've seen, I've been in it. I go all the way back to Ladanian Thomason scoring 18,000 touchdowns, and this was a league that was like that. This is why I don't like rotisserie or points only fantasy football because you could have, there are people out there who drafted Christian McCaffrey, Michael Thomas, and then fell into Lamar Jackson later on. And if you're in a points or rotisserie only, by week 13, the season was over. Nobody in your league cared because the gap was so big. And I had that. That's why I bring that up is because that's one of the reasons I don't like that is because I sat through one of those seasons where if you didn't have LaDainian Tomlinson, you weren't even in the running. Yeah, those those years were... I remember those years and, and fortunate enough to have LaDainian, LaDainian Tomlinson in, in one of those leagues. Man, just... Every single week you had him. It was kind of the same thing too. I actually, there was a guy in one of my leagues who lost with CMC and Lamar Jackson, which was, 
which is crazy because he you didn't, didn't have to call me out. He did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had the, That's right. You I did in the superflex, super right? Yeah, you lost that one too. And this guy didn't lose all year. Like he, he didn't lose one oh, matchup all year. And he lost in his first playoff matchup. He had the bye, lost the first. And luckily enough, we're, we're not here to debate leagues and how you should have your settings in your leagues. But I think, you know, we're all in agreement here that if you come first in your regular season league, you should at least, if you're playing for money, you should at least get your money back because you've had the best team all season long. And sometimes these things happen in, in a one playoff matchup and it's all about matchups. But yeah, I mean, if you had those guys, you were well on your way. Do you like that, Brad? Do you like rewarding the f- regular season first place winner, or do you like all the prize pool to be in the playoffs? I like I like having a high points for the regular season. It doesn't have to be excessive, um, but but I agree that you should at least get your money back if you dominated for thirteen weeks. And um, at that point, because it, it's so it, essentially what you're doing if you do it the other way is you're boiling everything down to a, a two to three week stretch. And I, I'm in a league where I've, um, it's a dynasty league and for three years I've had the best team in the league. I've won points all three years. I finally won it this year, but the previous two years I, I lost in week 15. It was like guys just had a bad week 15. I couldn't even get into the championship even though I had the best team. And it was, it was pretty frustrating at times, but, but, uh, you know, at least I had, you know, had some, um, you know, there was a prize for, um, you know, high points. And so I was at least getting my money back and, and hopefully able to, to sneak a third place win too. Sometimes you just learn the hard way, right? I, a couple of years ago, same thing, Dynasty League. It's funny you say that. I finally won one of my Dynasty Leagues, but a couple of years ago, I had the most points in the entire league and didn't make the playoffs. And the way we had it set up was, if you win your constellation, you get the first pick in the rookie draft, and I was able to get Barkley. So it was like everyone was all ticked off at me that I had the most points the previous year, and then I got <laughs> Saquon. It's like, well, that's just a, a mess up that we had, and you just learn from your mistakes and you make the adjustments. So if if you were in that situation, I mean, you just take it up with your commissioner, and hopefully you have a league vote, and you just you make it for you make it better for the rest of your league mates. Yeah, well, there you go, and that's why the last place should be points anyway. By the way, breaking news. <laughs> Oh. Doug Morrow's not going anywhere. This is another one that's completely surprising to me. Like, he needs to go. <laughs> what the hell? How do how do you have reports come out before week seventeen is even he's played done. that he's a de- yeah he's a dead man walking and still has to go coach this game and, and they then... showed up for him and played so he saved his job. <laughs> I wow, this is <laughs> some some things are just pretty comical. That's I wasn't even going to bring this up because I don't want to spend any time on it. But you guys both know this. I'm. Whatever, not a real Giants fan right now. I root for the players. My dog's named Barkley. Everybody knows that. I don't root for the organization because this front office. I I tweeted this out. I don't. I want to get your guy. This look sidebar. Quick opinion here. So, the Redskins got rid of Bruce Allen. Great for them. The problem is, is Dan Snyder still always going to be there, and that's always going to create some part of the problem. But you know they are bringing in. But Bruce Allen's gone. So I said you kind of fixed a good part of the problem. You have Rivera there. I said the Giants just trumped them now for the worst organization in football because you have owners who aren't on the same page. You know, they had, there's, you got Mara going out there and saying stuff and Tish is going out there and saying stuff and that, oh, I've never talked to Mara about this. Like, so you've got that going on. You've got one of the worst GMs in all of sports and they fire the coach, keep the GM, bringing in a new coach who has the GM that's on his basically hot seat is you got to do something this year or you're out. So they might have a new GM next year with a coach hired by the old GM. Is this not now the worst organization in sports or not sports, at least football? It's up there. It has to be up there. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think you got to mix the Browns in with them because at least I will say this, at least they fired Freddie Kitchens after two weeks ago, 
publicly backing him, um, which was <laughs> that was really bizarre. Just but, fake news. I didn't buy. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah but they. But I, it, it tells you something. Whenever a college coach will not take an interview in a place because he doesn't want to, you know, when, when Matt Rule says he he wants he doesn't want to take an interview in Cleveland, that tells me a lot about the what the perception is of Cleveland from that perspective. Because how would you not want an NFL job? Well, you don't want that NFL job if it's Cleveland. I'd put them right up there, but yeah, th- this is a mess with the Jags and, um, you know, and they've got a, a lot of interesting decisions to make going forward because especially at quarterback, they've got a lot of money owed to Nick Foles. They've got Gardner Minshew who looked great early in the year and then sucked at the end of the year. And now it's like, what do we do? Because we're, you know, we don't even have a guy that we are confident in going into this season. Yeah, and I think he led all rookie quarterbacks in passing yards, even though he did look pretty Didn't brutal. You? Oh, no, no, not think. Did you not see the interview where he wanted to make sure everybody knew that? He was like, <laughs> because they were no, interviewing him. Oh, yeah, the the guy goes to Minshew. He's like, hey, how does it feel when you see, like, that your numbers were as good? Or, well, and he, he stopped. He actually tripped over himself. He was, like, kind of like, they were better. Well, as good. Or, well, they're the, they were in line with Daniel Jones and Kyler Murray. He goes, no, they were better. And the guy goes, he's like, what? He's like, they're better. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, good for him because, you know, nobody wanted this guy. And it was a fun story for a little bit uh, until he cooled off like Brad mentioned. And I also agree with Brad on John Dorsey. I mean, he needs to take some of the blame, too. It'll be amazing to see. Who steps in as the Browns coach? I know McDaniels is getting some buzz here lately. I don't think he's the answer either. I don't think – I just think they need a leader. I think they, they need somebody who has some experience for one because this is going to be, what, their fourth or fifth coach? I think fourth coach in the last 15 months. They have a lot of personalities on that team. They need a leader, and Freddie Kitchens wasn't one. From day one, I could tell, actually, that he wasn't – when it was training camp and he, like – he, I think he spazzed at a reporter at one of the questions. I could just yeah. tell right away that he wasn't the guy for the job. Rivera would have made sense, and I, I actually tweeted this yeah, out too. Have. It would have been ni- like the Kitchens thing would have been nice to put him back at offensive coordinator and bring somebody in, but you can't do that. Like you can't, and I said you can't put that cat back in the bag. You can't go like, oh, we promoted you twice within a year, gave you the head coaching job. Oh, we're going to make you back to offensive coordinator. It would be nice if they could, but. You know, yeah, well, there's a lot of talent there, but hey, there's a perfect transition. There's a lot of talent there that didn't pay off. So let's talk about the ones that did. Let's finally get to it. And I'll go to Brad first, like I said. Uh, quarterback, Brad. So non Lamar Jackson MVP for you. And look, all of our awards today are our opinions, our basis, whatever it has to be. You uh, tweet us your own if you disagree or you have agreements or things you want to celebrate or whatever. But, you know, it's, we could say, hey, he showed up for two weeks when I needed him the most. He's my MVP. Like, whatever reason it might be. I drafted him in the 14th round, Brad. Whatever reason it might be for you, who's your MVP at quarterback? Well, I think this is kind of an advantage to go first, but I think it's got to be Dak Prescott. He was, you know, preseason um, ADP was the QB 17, and he finishes the QB two. That's it's tough to to get better value than that, even even with Lamar in the in the conversation, um, you know, because and I realized Lamar was head and shoulders above everybody else, but Dak was really good, and basically it took a, a shoulder injury to 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 you know, hurt him down the stretch. So he didn't help you much in the playoffs. But if you could pivot to a guy like Ryan Tannehill, who was the QB two in the second Tannehill. half of the season, then, then, you know, drink. it's, it's you, every time yeah, it's Tannehill, this, take a drink. You had, the, yeah, you had this perfect, oh, sorry, Tannehill. Um, you had this, you had this perfect mix of Dak, you know, in the first half of the season, Tannehill in the second. And, and, you know, you probably dominated that position in your league. 
Yeah, Dak's a, Dak's a good one. He was very impressive. We talked on the show about maybe potentially selling high on him over the first three weeks when he played the Giants, Redskins, and Miami. And then he had that stinker against the Saints. But, you know, he, he bounced back. He was he was really solid. I mean, yeah, 4,900 passing yards is, is pretty significant. Uh, I'll save uh, JW for Jakey in case oh, he goes that way. Why did you have to spoil it? <laughs> <laughs> well, come on. We all knew. Um, I'm going I'm to go a little bit deeper with Josh Allen. Josh Allen, I thought, had terrific value, and, you know, throughout the whole – you know, training camp, off season, he was roughly quarterback 15, 16. Anytime anybody wanted to make a case for him, especially on this show, we talked about Kyler Murray. Well, Allen had finished just, you know, just a little bit by like half a point, uh, like, uh, ahead of Kyler Murray, but he was pretty consistent all year. And the, I just look at the game logs and the two games where he had stinkers, you weren't really going to start him. You weren't going to start him against the Pats in week four and you weren't going to start him week 14 in your fantasy football playoff matchups matchup against the Ravens. So for, for me, I think Josh Allen finishing as a top 10 quarterback, um, just a safe floor there. I don't like to draft quarterbacks early. So he was the perfect quarterback for me. Yeah, and I, I could definitely see that. I think that's what takes away from it. And I don't mind Dak, but what takes away from me, Brad, and it's not his fault. He got hurt, but the nothing against Philly. And like you said, he wasn't 100%. Uh, he, you know, week 12 or 13, I forget which week it was, as you were heading into the playoffs, kind of hit you on the chin as you're trying to maybe scratch. So, yeah, I don't mind it, but this is why nitpicking-wise. And, yeah, it is Jay, It's Jameis Winston. I am going to eat all the Ws because even with five interceptions, the dude still scored double-digit points. Every damn week, this dude is out there scoring 20 points as you're heading into the best part about it. And this is why I'm going to – like, you'll see, a lot of my picks are going to weight heavily towards this playoff area of the season. But weeks 14, 15, 16 – 40, 35, and then 19, which was a disappointment to see 19, but that 19 came with four interceptions. That's like, so for me, it's Jameis Winston, and it's like Jameis Winston easy. And he capped off the season in the perfect way with a pick six, which is just, I mean, you can't make that stuff up. And if up. he, here's the best part about it. If he doesn't come back, he started and ended his career with interceptions. <laughs> uh, amazing. I mean, I, I actually don't know now with Bruce Arians' recent comments that he is going to come back. But oh my god, I, I we're talking about gonna, that on the D'Angelo Williams show today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. He basically said, right, Jake, that you know if he could win with Jameis, he could win with any quarterback. Yes, uh, which is true. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Tampa Bay was was. They were actually pretty strong. They they won four straight games. I, I, they lost their last two, but from week 12 to week 15, they won all those four games. And, you know, he looked good at times, but he's he's probably not wrong. Like, he needs a quarterback. you got those two weapons. And, and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Just, well, I don't know. I mean, Fitzpatrick's already there. They tried that, right? I mean, Fitzpatrick threw no, touchdowns to those two guys. Not, well, not with Arians. <laughs> yeah, 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 but and he still turns the two. ball over, right? <laughs> just get a, get a guy who can take care of the quarterback, like – I don't want to say Alex Smith, but somebody like him who who's Nick not going to turn the ball. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Somebody who's not going to turn the ball over and, and Ryan you know, Tannehill. the defense was okay. And the, even the, the secondary, Ryan Tannehill, sure, Tannehill, sure. Yeah. I mean, that would be a, a good fit, but I think Tennessee wants to hang on to him. But anyways, I think it, I think it's, um, it's definitely fair. And surprisingly, I wanted Jameis in a lot of leagues, and people cut ties with him over the first couple weeks of the season. He was available on the waiver wire, so if you grabbed him at at any point in the season, man, all right, all right, There's the, enough waxing on, on this whole situation here, Chris. So we'll stick with you. Here, you get to go first now, and maybe an advantage in your opinion. This one, actually, I think there's a lot of options here, but your MVP for running back—that's not named Christian McCaffrey. 
I'll go with the rushing leader, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry was on average a fourth-round pick. Nobody wanted to buy into the last few weeks of last season. And the fact that he was able to finish as a top three running back in a half-point setting with only 18 grabs is pretty impressive. And even doing the mock at the Athletic and him going in the first round, and and you just, you know, I I didn't disagree with any first-round pick in that mock. But if you were to pick one, and anybody on the consensus, it seems like it was Henry or Jacobs because they don't catch it in the backfield. So it almost seems like even heading into next season that people are kind of doubting him again already. So to me, he was just absolutely impressive. Yes, he sat out week 16. Uh, um, but he no. got the Titans in the playoffs <laughs> week 17 with a big No, so also on top of that, that's the, that's why I can't do it, Brad. Is, yeah, and I'll, well, come you, on, you, you can go second, Brad. That's not, he got no, no, you because, to the finals. No, he no, no, see, but that's the, the thing. You could, no, he yes. might not have because I was going to say in week 15, he didn't even get double digit points. So there, there you go, Brad. Are you going to, are you going to agree with Chris or are you going to agree with me? Um, I'm gonna probably agree with you. I, <clears throat> I had Henry on my list cause I, you know, in the, in the effort to try to, to make sure that we don't step on each other's toes, I had three people at each spot here. Henry yeah, was on my I list. I considered him, Chris. That's yeah, alright. Yeah. I got two championships yeah. with Henry on my squad, so he's my MVP. But he didn't help you. Yeah, he did. He helped me. Absolutely he did. He got me first place. He was place really good in week 17. Yeah. Yeah, week seven. Hey, speaking of like, I said that Saquon Barkley winning consolation brackets all over the place in week 17 <laughs> specials. So who's yours, Brad? Uh, I'm going to go Austin Eckler. Uh, he's the RB 27, um, and, and in ADP and finished the year in a half point PPR. He was the RB six, which is not, you don't think of him outside of a PPR setting, but he was really good at, and all year in, in a PPR setting, there was only one week all season, week six against the Steelers where he did not get double digits. And, and he was, he was consistent. He was really good whenever Melvin Gordon wasn't there. Even when Gordon showed back up, he was still really good. There was, he put together a 20 point, a 30 point, a 16 point, a 25 point week after Gordon was there. He, he definitely didn't hurt you if you hung on to him. Hopefully you sold high and, and, and got a ton for him at the time. But if you hung on to him and believed that he was still going to get some points, he didn't hurt you down the stretch, uh, which is really impressive in the role that he was in. Also weak, uh, performances in week 15 and 16. Yeah, so that's yeah. the other reason. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a, hey, look, he had five catches I, in each week, so I'll, I'll at least give him that. I, I don't mind either of those picks, and both of those were on the just missed list. And, you know, there's a couple others in those areas where you could say, like, hey, I could see, like, Dalvin Cook, I didn't put in there because he got hurt. Not his fault, but got hurt at the end of the season. He wasn't there for you. Chris Carson wasn't there for you when you needed him. So there's a couple, but. Here's where I'm going to go. I'm going to say, so I'm going to present it a little bit different way. I'm going to say, if I told you this guy had one single digit game all year at 8.3, if he put up 15 points against the Eagles run defense, if he scored 20 plus points seven times, you say he's a pretty damn good running back, right? It's got to be Zeke, right? I, it is Zeke. I, I honestly, yeah. like, for, I think Zeke got the, and Chris knows this because we talked about it two years ago. I think he got the Michael Thomas treatment this year. And when I say the Michael Thomas treatment, it was consistently great, not ever the Aaron Jones four touchdowns, not ever the, oh, my God, he just won me a week until, oh, weeks 14 and 15 against the Rams and Bears where he scored 23 and 31. I think Zeke got way disrespected this year. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I think the biggest difference in, in his game, I guess, were, I, I suppose, the catches. 
right? I mean, the the year yeah, before, we still, still had over fifty. Yeah, so he fifty four, yeah. but he had seventy seven on ninety five targets the year before. I'm just right. saying that's the only difference in his game. I mean, he had twelve rushing touchdowns. He only had six the year before that. Yeah, he was phenomenal. And I don't know why people, so many people were complaining about Zeke throughout the year. He was just consistent. Yeah. yeah. All right. It's, so I'll go ahead, Brad. No, go ahead. Go ahead. That's right. Okay, I was going to move to wide receiver, and I was going to say I was going to go first. This one was the most difficult for me because when you throw out Michael Thomas, I mean, now he just comes down to Chris Godwin types who weren't there. Granted, like the same situation we are just talking about with Dalvin Cook. He got hurt. Uh, the Julio Jones, Cubs, Galladay's, Hopkins. I'm just going down. This is the order of the ranking at the end of the year. I'm not trying to ruin your guys' picks or anything. That This is legitimately there. You know, Parker, Allen, Cooper, stuff like that. So, and this is one where I'm going to go for the fact that when he got hurt, you were able to make up for it, and I know that because I owned him, and it was the first half of the season. And, yeah, it did kind of hurt, but the point being also against the Bears and then against Minnesota, which is, should be easy, but when it counted the most and when you needed him often, especially with touchdowns in the second half of the season, Devontae Adams did miss a good chunk of time. And I'm going to say, you know what, Devontae Adams, for not only doing it for you when you need in the playoffs, but doing it with a piss-poor Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to say – Devontae Adams is my wide receiver MVP. I don't feel great about any wide receivers. I'm kind of hoping maybe you guys mentioned one that makes me feel better because he kind of felt like the <laughs> one that was like, well, I mean, like, honestly, like, he missed games early on, but I just, I, the, the, anybody who I wanted to pick wasn't there in the playoffs. And I don't only mean injuries. I mean, legitimately didn't even show up in the playoffs for I you. I can't believe you just picked Adams. I'm actually shocked. This guy missed like four or five games throughout the season. Yeah, when it, when you could easily make you can wide receiver twenty four on the year. If you told me I have to miss, look Dalvin Cook. If you told me I have to miss games for four games from weeks five through eight or whatever it was for him versus the last two games, I will I'll take the five through eight every single time. If you tell me I have to like the suspension with Le'Veon Bell, if you're gonna tell me I miss four first four games, I will take that every single time than potentially missing two games at the end of the year. Yeah, I guess. I'm gonna go with Godwin. I know he missed week 16, but he was, it was easy to replace him when, when Mike Evans went down or Godwin. I mean, Perriman, there was, there was so many players who were available in your week 16 matchup where it was just you and somebody else. And Godwin did enough in week 15. So for me, it's Godwin. He was just, he was unbelievable all year long. And again, if it's just much, it's much like Henry. If you had these guys, you were fine. You made the playoffs and you were able to make adjustments in the last week. So. Uh, I'll go with Godwin. You're, you're, say, you I, are right about Rodgers being piss poor, by the way. <laughs> yes, and I really – you know how much I love Godwin. I really wanted to go with yeah, the other know, reason, too. The other reason, too, is the week's 13 against Jacksonville, against what was a cake matchup and trying to get people into the playoffs if you were mm. fighting for that spot. See you see what I'm saying? Like, um, we're pick, we're nitpicking here. Yes, we're trying to find – so I, <laughs> I love the Godwin call, but that, that week 16 plus 13 is what made me lean to Ev, uh, Adams. Fair enough. Brad. And I, I like both those picks. I, I, and honestly, the next name that, <clears throat> that came to mind for me was Cooper Cup. Uh, you know, ADP was a wide receiver 21, finished as a wide receiver 6, but he was so, that he had that stretch in the second half of the season where he basically disappeared for a few weeks. Yeah. And, and that was tough. Like that's a, a stretch in fantasy where you, you know, weeks, you know, 9 to, to 13 where you need to win some games to get in the playoffs a lot of times. That's why I didn't pick him. I'm going to go way deeper here with a guy who was the wide receiver 77 in ADP and finished. Let me see where he finished. He finished as a wide receiver 23. Seven. Oh, okay. He finished as a wide receiver 23. It's A.J. Brown. 
And and I realized he wasn't there on a overly consistent basis, but he was an absolute monster the last five weeks of the season, and and scoring you know in, in PPR he had twenty three, then a seven week thirteen, but then thirty three, twenty five, and fifteen in in the down the stretch. And when you he was literally available on waiver wires halfway yes. through the season, and and you know in and and part of the reason I'm picking him is he basically helped me cash. In a whole bunch of best ball leagues because I had him as my literally last draft pick in almost every best ball that I took. It, it was like 19, 19th round or 20th round. I went back and looked and I had him on like 41 of my 45 best ball teams and I cashed in like 38 of those. And part of the reason <laughs> down the stretch was because AJ Brown was just an absolute monster. Um, and, and to get him that late, it was just huge value. AJ Brown was super, super impressive. He he deserves consideration for like a fantasy playoff MVP. There's no question about it. And how many times do we say this on the show? And we we reference your article, Jake, a lot. Like told you so. Uh, you know, there's only so many times you can talk about AJ Brown. There's only so many times we can write him up. I mean, he was hovering. You're right, Brad. He was hovering around the 40 percent mark heading into after that buy. Like because week 10 against KC at two points. And he was dropped on mass because I remember picking him up in one league and be like, "Oh man, I'm just gonna grab this guy. He's so boomer bust. Who knows? Tannehill, like it does like." And then 22 points, and then the dud game dropped again, and then 32, 21, 15, 21. Like he was very, very <laughs> impressive. And I wonder if I I wonder where he's gonna go next year in drafts. To go check out the mock, but yeah, I, I'll, I'll probably be in. But there's gonna be some dud games too. Yeah, it, I think they're going to be up and they, down, but I'll, it's going to be worth well, it. Well, I was going to say the Tannehill situation, I think yeah. you know, a lot of it's going to play on what that team looks like for next year. But yeah, it, it's just, look, I've said this, this is why he should have been the number one wide receiver off the board in real NFL draft. Like, I would have loved, I think I had him as in, I would love scenario as going to the Packers, but that was also before so Aaron Rodgers take a huge step back this year. But I think he would have been able to help Rodgers not look like he lost a step as he they would have had a, a beyond ridiculous legitimate number two wide receiver with Adams. But I'm with you, Brad. I had my home league where I drafted him and I had to blow up my team because we had played double headers and I started 0-6 and I blew up my team. I mean, blew it up. Made trades all over the place. I brought in Godwin and I got rid of Tyreek Hill and Damian Williams because I couldn't wait and all this type of stuff. And I had to let AJ Brown go. And then the person who picked him up dropped him during buys and I got him oh, back. Oh, and he, <laughs> yeah, he actually stepped uh, he in for so Godwin. Good. Yeah, save me. All right. I, so, I heard this on another podcast. He, he made Ryan Tannehill over a hundred million dollars because that's what Tannehill is going to get this year in to sign Sarah, a long term extension. And AJ Brown's <laughs> the biggest reason because Corey Davis sure didn't do it, and John New Smith or, or Delaney Walker didn't do it. It was Ryan Taney, Ryan Tannehill to AJ Brown that was saving that offense. Drink, <clears throat> yeah, drink, unbelievable. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna go to you first, Brad, since you're talking as well. T- tight end. I kind of feel like there's only two. Maybe I I'm know. wrong. Maybe you guys yeah. will surprise me. But go ahead, the, go ahead, Brad. I, th- I think there's three. I think there's three. But I. I'm going to go with the guy that I was touting higher than anybody else as a late tight end snag um, preseason. And since he paid off for me, I'm going to stick with him. It's Mark Andrews. Um, finished as a tight end four. He was extremely consistent on the year. He was preseason ADP tight end 15. Um, he was just, he was the only pass catching weapon you could count on for Baltimore all year. And he was at, at the tight end position, just in, incredibly consistent, 10 touchdowns. Um, you know, it didn't have the volume of catches that, that a lot of the other guys had, but he did a lot with them. And, and like you mentioned before, you get a touchdown at tight end, you're probably a tight end one that week. And he typically was, was not only a tight end one, but a high end tight end one a lot of weeks. 
Yeah, that's a good one. I, sorry, Jake. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say I'm kind of I want to know who you have because that's not that wasn't one of my two because I it, the funny thing is when Brad said that is I think all of us on this show like I had Andrews in so many places that his he didn't even come to mind for me because I was just like it, it felt like a oh yeah Mark Andrews no like he's not even part of the discussion because like obviously yeah I know I went back and forth <laughs> between him and Darren Waller we both liked Andrews and Waller a lot in this show we were talking about you know not enough on Waller no nobody was enough on Waller. Yeah, maybe not enough on Waller, but we did talk about both of these guys being tight ends that you can get like a little bit later on. If you if you missed on that first tier and you didn't want to buy into that that Hunter Henry, OJ Howard, Evan, Evan Ingram, Ingram tier, there was that next one where you could grab. And then even a little bit deeper, we'll give a shout out to Kaseki and Fan as like those next breakout. <laughs> and we'll see them next year. But for me, it was Waller. I was actually back and forth on Andrews, and the reason I went Waller over Andrews because there was there was four games with Andrews when he had fewer than five fantasy points. Yeah, he had all those touchdowns. He scored a touchdown. He, he helped you out tremendously. But for Waller, he was pretty consistent without the touchdowns. He only had three, but he was second in catches with 90. He was second in yards with 1,145. And he he had at least five fantasy points in every single game. So if he wasn't getting you the touchdowns, he was at least giving you five fantasy points, which was much more than some of the other tight ends, you could say. <laughs> oh, wait. Are you guys saving me the obvious one? Like, how, yeah, we'll how are we not talking? George Kittle meet Timbers? Like, seriously? They, that This is somebody that should be up there with Travis Kelsey. Like, it just – Well, like I mean, we were- it's – I mean, you could say Kelsey, Kittle, and Ertz. I mean, these guys are all good. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. Uh, no don't, don't try and throw Ertz into this conversation. He had 10 fewer <laughs> points than Kittle. <laughs> ten at fewer. the end of the season, yeah. He, he didn't play week because 17. Because he always does this. He's like, Ertz, just fire up in November, December, and you're golden. But yeah, uh, like Kittle and Kelsey. So now here's the surprising one. And I'm going to say only because it's similar to the A.J. Brown one. So I think the easy ones are Kelsey and Kittle. And, you know, Kelsey uh, played 16, was disappointing a little bit for the beginning of the year. Definitely. He was actually disappointing if you took him in the first round because he wasn't last year's Kittle or Kelsey. But Kittle missed a little bit of time. I thought one of you guys was going to say Higby because that run at the end of the year, he finished his tight end nine. Mind you, he yeah, 10 points in week one. After that, he didn't top 6.2 and finished his tight end, well, 8 on some, depending on which. 100, 100, 100, 100, week 17, 84, a touchdown there, 20, 15, 17, 15, 18 to finish it. Like, that's kind of MVP-ish for the A.J. Brown argument. Mm-hmm. And if I had to go with not the Kelsey Kittle, I kind of think he deserves to be in the conversation. Oh, I think that's he deserves fair. to as well, yeah. I mean, Kittle was really slow to start. He didn't hit double-digit points in his first three weeks, then he had the bye. Uh, and then he got hurt and missed a couple weeks. But, yeah, I mean, Higby was phenomenal towards the end. As you mentioned, Jake gets into the top ten. Goddard gets into the top ten. Two Eagles tight ends in the top ten. And then Gusecki gets into, yeah. the, into the tight end one conversation as well. So there were a few late pushes towards the end of the season if you were in a pinch. Higby was and, awesome. and I will say this, too. The the one guy that hasn't been mentioned yet, or you mentioned him, but, but that's it, but was Austin Hooper. Through week ten, before yes. he got hurt, he was the tight end one. The the tight end overall number one. And if you were able to have him for those first ten weeks and then move on to somebody else like a Tyler Higby, yeah. Yeah. You you dominated tight end the entire you know, over your entire league because there was probably no better combination than those two guys. 
I'm glad you brought him up because he didn't get any respect at all in drafts because he had 71 catches last year, was fourth among tight ends. Everyone talked about Ertz, Kelsey, <laughs> Kittle, but nobody talked about Hooper. Nobody bought into Austin forgot, Hooper. I owned him in so many leagues. I legitimately forgot about him because he got hurt. He and, got hurt. Yeah, yeah and he, he wasn't he was on his way. Back. He yeah. was the tight end 12 in ADP. You could get him in like yep. the 10th round in every league and – and finish, you know, he still finished, even missing three games and, and, you know, coming back slowly from the injury, he still finished as a tight end six through, you know, in a 16 weeks, um, scheduling. So he, he was really impressive to me and, and a huge key cog in that offense. And, a and free agent. hopefully he, he's a free agent now. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see what, you know, if Atlanta tries to bring him back. Cause he said he hasn't gotten any, any kind of an extension offer yet. All right, so then let's get into the disappointments, <laughs> and let's talk about some of the fun that people didn't have, and that's the busts, and I'm going to jump this. Oh, no, wait, we're to you, Chris, first. So, Chris, you get to go first, a quarterback, and I feel like there's only one that we should be talking <laughs> Probably about. Probably take all your guys, but we said this on the show, not to, like, pat ourselves on the back. I know we've done this a couple times here already in the first half hour, but we said no, we Baker Mayfield at QB5, the consensus, was crazy. Like, and we weren't was, even saying it couldn't happen. But we were saying that, listen, there is no reason to draft Baker that right. early. 22 right. touchdowns, 21 interceptions, QB 19, probably just because of, you know, the three touchdowns that he had week 17, if you want to even count that. But the first eight games of the season, seven touchdowns, 12 picks, three games or 200 or fewer yards. He was very, very disappointing. And Jarvis Landry, you know, saved him numerous times. Because if it wasn't Landry popping off for big games, Baker would have been, like, he'd be 30 on the year. Yeah, and I think that's the obvious one is Baker Mayfield. So, uh, Brad, I'll throw out the other name. I already mentioned him once on this show. And the fact that Aaron Rodgers, for what happened. Aaron Rodgers playing the entire season. And barely was he even a QB one? I just double check. Borderline, yeah. I think he finished he was as QB nine, but yeah, or yeah. Well, depending, yeah, I guess it depends on your site. So I, my Story, pick, yeah. if it's not Baker Mayfield, because he just Baker is just the obvious pick, would be Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, and if you watched it, you saw Aaron Rodgers look terrible this year. In, in that mock, I couldn't make my last pick. I was doing a show, and I asked somebody to put in a quarterback for me, and they put in Rodgers. I immediately erased him when I got back in. I said, there's no way I'm drafting Aaron <laughs> Rodgers next year. That was me. That I put Rodgers in, thanks, and you changed Brad. him to Dak Prescott. Did, yeah, I changed so. him for Dak in like a hurt, in right away. Um, but, yeah, that's a good one, too. And even with Rodgers with the touchdowns and interception ratio off the charts, like 26 to 4, 4,000 yards, they just didn't have a second option in that passing game. So I, I wonder what. Yeah, they but do I don't for know if it was all. His, I think some of it was him. I mean, you yeah, watched I think some them, of it was him you, too. We watched that game last week, just last week, as we're fighting for the. Or they are. They're fighting for the home field advantage, and he's missing Valdez Scantling and Allison and Lazar. Like he's missing. Jones he's the too. one that was missing yeah. them. Yeah, he was. You're right. So, Brad, do you have anybody besides those two, or just move on? And I'll let you go first. Uh, the, next one. That, the only one I have was Drew Brees. Um, and basically that was just all injury related because, uh, you know, where you, where you drafted him, he was the, the QB six, um, preseason. He ended up finishing as the QB 21, but it, he was good when he played. It was just a matter of, you know, having to, to cover his injury a little bit. But other than that, no, I'm good. All right. So then you can go first on the next one there. So running back now. It might change your pick a little bit. I'll just let you know. You guys don't have to do the same. I kind of threw out. Injury-related stuff, like I didn't want to say James Conner, Damian Williams. I don't, you know, that Come kind on, of thing. Come on, Williams because, was a bust. Come on. 
No, because injury, like you can say bust or whatever, but the problem was his third, fourth round pick. If he would have been healthy, we would be like, just look what he did last week, and we knew that all. The, that was, was that was part of it because he only had fifty carries in one season. We knew he wasn't going to last. And it, well, no, so that well, you can make that argument. But point being, I'm not including anybody that got hurt, Brad. So you can if you want. Like apparently Chris wants to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, Easy, but. I, I'm not. I'm not going with somebody. Uh, I don't. I don't think he was hurt. At least, at least that it wasn't a major deal. I'm going with Le'Veon Bell. Um, he was the RB6 preseason, um, and, and finishes the RB18. Just extremely disappointing, even with a, a decent volume of touches. I mean, he had 245 attempts, he had 78 targets, 66 catches, and, and just did nothing with it. And, and so I, uh, to me, where you had to draft him, I mean, he had 789 yards rushing, like way less than four yards a carry. Um, only three touchdowns, re, uh, rushing and one on the, one, uh, receiving on the year. I, just extremely disappointing, and I didn't have him anywhere because I was nervous of this. But for the people that drafted him high, you had to go get him, and and he didn't produce ever. Like it was, he was basically never there. Yeah, yeah Bell, actually, I'll, I'll, well, one. Chris, I was going to jump in. I was going to say that was my pick. Yeah, same, actually did same, the, actually. Yeah, oh, so we're, we're across yeah. the board. Yeah, Bell was Bell was my pick too. He, I agree with everything Brad said. He only had one big game, and it was Week One, three rushing touchdowns. Yeah, that's it's just that's how it is. Like David Johnson, but it sounds like the back was a major issue. So again, you don't want to throw that one out there. Uh, the only other one I'll put in this is David Montgomery. I'd say David Montgomery for the expectations and coming in, everybody out of college and all those broken tackles. He was disappointing more often than not for what people expected. So all right, I haven't gone first in a little while here. I have so many options at wide receiver. I don't know who to pick. Like, I feel like the obvious one is Odell Beckham. So I'll let you guys talk about that if you want to. I mean, I kind of feel like you just – do we really need to explain Odell Beckham? So I kind of went away from him in the similarities of, like, the Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey. For those, it's like, I don't need to explain to you why he was a bust. So I'll go to – I almost said Watkins, hint, hint. I didn't want to put in Thielen or Shepard because of injuries. So – I'm going to go to one that we talked about and similar to what we just said about the Jet situation and not maybe discounting Le'Veon Bell enough because of Adam Gase. Maybe the same thing with Baker Mayfield. All these things we've said and like maybe didn't listen to ourselves enough like we did but not enough. I don't think we listened to ourselves enough about Robbie Anderson and the schedule that he faced for corners but also the quarterback play of Sam Darnold and this team and Adam Gase and everything. Robbie Anderson, for where people drafted and expected him to be after last year, to even fight against this, say, you know what, all right, there'll be some bad games, but he'll still be a wide receiver to all the big plays. I don't think anybody expected it to be this bad. Myself, I was one of the – I don't own him anywhere. I was one of the biggest haters, and I still didn't expect it to be this bad. Yeah, that that's fair. I I could like you said there's a ton of guys you could pick here. And for me this one this one actually the one that really stuck out to me outside of OBJ was Brandon Cooks. Um Brandon Cooks and I know there yeah. was there was some, you know, some issues But even before with, that. Right. But it, yeah, if you go prior to the concussion, he was the wide receiver 29 before he got hurt. And and you had to take him as as a basically a top fifteen wide receiver to to draft him. He wasn't producing for you when he was in there. Only scored one touchdown and then just completely disappeared. And now you're you're really scared about him going forward because this apparently was a major concussion and he's having major issues coming back from it. And I know he he eventually did get back on the field, but I'm nervous about him going forward because it's kind of like the Jordan Reed thing. Like you just feel like he might be one hit away from his career being done. Is that a guy you want to take in the top five rounds of a draft or six rounds of a draft? 
knowing that like week one, you might lose him for the whole season if he gets one more helmet to helmet hit. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Cooks was on my short list as well. I, I thought about um, Christian Kirk the same way you thought about Robbie Anderson. There just seemed to be a lot of hype with Kirk. Uh, he, he really only had like one big game. Larry Fitzgerald outscored him. I, I think because he of was, injuries. Yeah, but it's been two years now where there's been some injuries with him with the foot and stuff. So uh, even when he was playing, I thought he was pretty disappointing. Like I said, he had the Julio one big Jones. game. But the <laughs> one, foot. the one for me is is Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey finishing as wide receiver sixty is another guy who got hurt. But even when he was when he was playing, there were some pretty disappointing performances from him. Three grabs for thirty eight, six for fifty two. This is not what you draft for a guy who is roughly right around the wide receiver twenty twenty five mark. And I think it, we have to mention Antonio Brown, even if he didn't play or not. Like he was a huge bust. Let's be honest. I mean, drafting uh, this guy—he's his own round. category. <laughs> yeah, but he was—he was a. If you had him, it was. I, and I know that I had him. I think I drafted him in. Um, I think in the Sirius XM league, and then in the um, in the Scott Fishbowl, you couldn't recover. Oh no no, uh, I'm with you. I was in a deep league where the going deep league with Mike Clay and second round was Antonio Brown third round was Damian Williams I was done very early in the year in that yeah, you one can't recover. you start four running backs six wide receivers no, yeah like you said couldn't recover I was done I was toast so tight end is this I, I kind of feel like this is easy one like Ingram hurt Delaney Walker hurt I'll throw out two other names because is this not the OJ Howard award it is the OJ Howard award yeah Pass- Howard's right, the obvious it? pick yep. yeah. alright so the but two then- names I'll throw out and this for a separate conversation here is Vance McDonald. He now yep, did deal yep, with injuries yep. late, but he had that position to himself. And the other person who had the position to himself for most of the season, quarterback switch or not, Jack Doyle. I think both of these guys, if you would have told, if we would have said preseason, week four, we're heading into the drafts of the season, Vance McDonald, Jack Doyle going to start most of the season, have the position to themselves essentially the entire year. Both of those guys would have been inside the top ten. And, and see, I, I went same team, but different one. I, Vance McDonald was my number one choice outside of Howard, but, but I went Eric Ebron because he played weeks one through 12 and was n- basically non-existent, especially for somebody who was so elite last year because of the tight ends. You knew there was going to be some regression when Luck retired, but, but it's, he, he, not only did he, you know, was he hurt at the end of the year where he couldn't help you in the playoffs, but he didn't even help get you to the playoffs even when he was playing. <laughs> yeah. He, he was, um, I think he was the obvious bus candidate when, when Luck retired that he wasn't going to be like Brad, you mentioned the, the regression with the touchdowns, but he had 14, 15 last year and only three, uh, this season. So I agree though, Vance McDonald, if it wasn't OJ Howard, it was Vance McDonald and, and he really did have that position to himself, Jake. And even when Juju Smith-Schuster suffered the injury, he thought maybe there were still people making excuses. Oh, well, Vance, you know, he'll get a, a few looks and he didn't even do anything against Arizona. Everyone else did have something <laughs> against Arizona, so he didn't. But yeah, OJ Howard, Ted and 29. Nine games with five or fewer points, only 34 grabs in the year, and majority of those catches came over the last couple of weeks when Evans and Godwin were hurt. So he was a big bust. Yeah, definitely a big one. All right, we're gonna save some more picks for next week because we didn't get to everything. We're gonna, get, you know, more surprises, the worst place awards because we are on a time constraint this week, and we do want to get you the playoff picks. So, like I said, you guys can make decisions if you're playing in playoff leagues anywhere out there. Uh, so first things first, we'll, we'll backtrack this. We'll start the Super Bowl winners. We're going to work backwards here. So, um, Brad, you get to keep going first. Well, I, I mean, you're, I'm, you're, I picked Kansas City at the beginning of the year over the Saints. There's, I, I'm not, they're both, 
they're both in really good spots right now. I'm not going to go away from it. So I'm going to take the Chiefs <laughs> over the Saints in the Super Bowl. Chiefs over the Saints. You had to know it was coming, right, Chris? Yeah, we <laughs> had to know that one was coming for sure. Um, Eagles? No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> for the Eagles, you know, I am really impressed game? with the Chiefs. I am really impressed with the Chiefs, especially their defense lately, and they squeaked into that second seed. I like that spot for them a lot, but I am going to stick with the Ravens. And, yeah, I mean, the Saints, I think we're probably going to be three for three unless Jake surprises us here, but we've been on the Saints all year. It's just the most complete team. Just so impressive when Drew Brees went down, what they were able to do. With Teddy Bridgewater, I just think that they're the most complete team in football. Yeah, I, so the preseason was Saints over the Ravens, or Saints over the Patriots. Sneak preview, I switched it. It's now Saints over the Ravens. I still, you know, I would love to say I'm going to stick with my picks, and, you know, I'm not going to, like, Saints over the Patriots. Yeah, I got it right. Cool. But what I want, and Brad knows this, too. We talked about this, the, I think, the day you were out. Chris is the fact that like just give me the final four of Ravens, Chiefs, Saints, and 49ers. Like just give me those final four. Oh, yes. It's and, a good possibility. Yes, and I would love to see the Saints win over the Ravens just because you know what, Ravens, you, you got plenty of years in the future. Let's give Drew Brees a walking out one if he wants to retire and go out on top, cool, whatever. And the Chiefs have years and Patrick Mahomes and 49ers have years with that squad. Like let's just get the Saints in there. Um and sorry, Brad, I don't have the Chiefs. I, that's what I'm rooting for. You know I've been a Lamar Jackson supporter. Oh, sure. So I do have. I did have uh, you, go ahead. I wanted a quick chief story, and I told Chris this off the air before we got on. But there, um, there is a petition in Kansas City that at the beginning of every game they have someone come out, take a giant tomahawk, and bang this. It's a huge drum, like a ten foot diameter drum, to start the tomahawk chop prior to the kickoff. There is a p- petition that now over twenty seven thousand signatures on it to have Ryan Fitzpatrick bang the drum at Arrowhead for the playoff game. Because, that is amazing. Because they got the yeah, it's incredible. Because they you know just because they got that. And they first should round do off. it. They should do it, dude. I, uh, my buddy's a Dolphins fan. Texted me. He said, "I want number fourteen retired." Like <laughs> 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 that's too too terrific. I do have. I will say this, Brad. I do have the Chiefs beating the Patriots. So I have them going that far, and I have the Saints over the Packers, and the 49ers over the Seahawks, and the Ravens over the Bills, which makes a lot of sense. So let's talk about that. It will kind of just loop all this in together. Chris, I'll go to you first. Is I don't think there's any way the Eagles win even at home at this point. It's just it's you. To, I I put this in the in the column. I said as much as credit as I've been banging the drum to, to use what Brad, Brad was just saying for Mike Tomlin to get credit for what he's done with the Steelers this year. Let's give Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz a ton of credit for what they've done with the Eagles this year because every single week it's somebody else. And every single week it's not just, you know, the third safety. It's legitimate pieces that this team continues to lose. I just don't see it happening again over the Seahawks. And I don't see any case where the Vikings is banged up and is terrible that their secondary is beating the Saints. I'd love to see Tannehill, but I don't see him winning in New England. And then that's the only upset I really have in the first round that I guess you would say is the Bills over the Texans, Chris. I think that I think there could be three upsets, and I don't even think the Eagles winning at home would be an upset. I mean, you're right about Doug Peterson, and it's not just this season; it's the last three years. I mean, from week 15 on, over the last three years, they're 12 and two, and 10 of those wins were in situations where if they lost, they'd be done for the season. I mean, the four playoff wins, all underdogs, en route to a Super Bowl. I, I know Brad took a shot at Howie Roseman and didn't call him a decent GM, but I mean, he's done a lot for this team. And you look at what Carson Wentz is throwing to. I mean, practice squad guys are not. I mean, he's, Howard Roseman was still able to grab those guys. So I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, Seattle is going through some stuff too. And they're working out running backs right now. I mean, Marshawn Lynch is clearly not the answer. They don't have Penny. They don't have Carson, which those two guys were big 
big parts of a W earlier in the year when Seattle beat Philadelphia. And Russell Wilson struggled in that game. So I think that game is actually going to be a coin flip. I think both, I think that, um, it's a lock. I think the Saints are going to win. But I wouldn't be shocked if the if the Bills won, and Jake, I wouldn't be shocked if the Titans won. I don't think it's a good matchup for them. They're not they're right, not well, built so to make stop the run. Here. Make well, that's what I'm telling you right now, Brooksy. I'm telling you that the Titans <laughs> are going to win. The Titans are going to win. Okay. The Bills are not going to win, but it's going to be a last second field goal by Houston. I think the Eagles do win, and the Saints win. Brad? I I will say I think the Titans are going to beat the Patriots too, and and I think it'll. It'll disrupt everything in the offseason for New England because I think there will be a lot of changes yes, coming. Everything. Um, but they, I, I think the Saints win. Um, they're to me, they're the most complete team on the NFC side. I know there's there's no way they are that the Packers are better than them. Um, so I'm not concerned about about Green Bay. It'll just be San Francisco. I hope it comes down like you said, Jake, San Francisco and, and New Orleans to to get into that game. So. Um, I, I'll take the Bills um, over the Texans. I do. I do love what their defense is doing. They're good enough offensively, um, and I, I don't. The Texans' defense is just atrocious right now. They they used to rely on the run defense, and then they just got annihilated by Derrick Henry in Week 17, and it, it just makes me think they're not healthy right now. Their secondary is awful. Um, so I'll take the Bills in that one, and then um, I'll take Seattle against the Eagles. But I I do. That's that's. That to me is the biggest coin toss game of the week because I do think there's a chance that, that, uh, you know, Philly wins, but just with, with what Russell Wilson did leading that team to almost beating the Niners with the crew that they have on the field right now, they, they don't have their offensive line. They lost Michael Kendrick. Yeah, that was, that was um, the toughest one of the division for me is the 49ers over the Seahawks. I, I, I could go either way on that one. Yeah. The Eagles and Seahawks. Yeah. So, or, so yeah. So for Brad, for you for playoff strategy then. If you're drafting for your playoffs, is there mm. a position you target early? Do you try to like? Oh, we're all talking about the Saints. So if you have the Saints playing four games. Are you going to say, you know what? I'm just going to try and chase like the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Saints, like the teams I have going the farthest, or do you try to take the best players and maybe get some depth elsewhere? Like, what's your strategy for everybody as they head into their drafts? Yeah, I I I would target especially um, Breeze and Thomas early in in the. In the draft, because I think Thomas the Saints is my are the only one team. One. Yeah, yeah, I think the the Saints are the only team that legitimately have a a real legitimate shot to play the the four the three games or whatever the four games counting the Super Bowl. Um, I don't think any other team that's playing Week One has any shot to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I would agree with that too. Yeah, you got you just go all in on the teams that you think. But yeah, the Saints are they're going to fly off the board early. They they're the biggest spread. They're the biggest favorites. And I agree. Out of all the teams playing this weekend, they get the the best shot. But if you're in one of those, I'm in a pool where you just pick a guy once and that's it. You you just have to kind of take some shots. Maybe you grab some pads. You grab a couple Titans. Maybe you grab some Eagles, Seahawks, and and you move on that way. Yeah, if you're in the one and dones, obviously you know try to save guys you think are going the furthest. But at the same time, I think you would agree, Chris is. Don't never take Drew Brees because if you just wait and wait and wait, and then the Saints don't make the playoffs, you never even got to use them. Right, yeah, but don't waste them this weekend. No, 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 obviously not. And as we get out of here, again, at Chris Meany for Chris, at Brad Ziegler for Brad Ziegler, I'm at Only Kid. Go to the website, 50% off, click on a link. Anyway, check the link, click on it. 
You get 50% off if you click on an article and you're not a subscription. And last update, apparently Steve Wilkes not going to Washington. Now they're talking to Jack Del Rio. The coaching carousel changes never change. And we'll be talking about that next week. More of our picks from the season that we didn't get to. Good luck in the playoffs. Tweet us if you have any questions. We'll help you out and hopefully get you through some playoff wins. We'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.